1: Presented by AT and T. Connecting changes everything.
2: Danielle Moody here, host of the Woke AF Daily podcast. We've been with iHeart for a year, and what a year it has been. As we head deeper into 2024 and yet another life-changing election cycle, Woke AF Daily is here to keep you sane and woke.
7: It's 11:20 p.m in Amherst, Massachusetts, and you're listening tonight call. Hello and welcome to Night Call, a podcast for your strange days and lonely nights. My name is Emily Oshida. I am here in Los Angeles and with me as always are Molly Lambert and Tess Lynch. Hello. 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 Um Hello. There are so many mysteries right now on the internet. <laughs> I feel like I feel like this episode is going to be conspiracy heavy. This is a mystery heavy episode. Yeah. Settle mystery in. podcast theater. I, I have been so like puzzled and I like I don't even I wanted to come to today's episode like with all the answers about this particular case and like ready to just like explain it all but the deeper I go into it the less sense it makes. You so, were under
8: the silver lake. I
7: was mm-hmm. under the silver lake. I was under the crazy lake. Uh, the crazy days. Crazy lake. Crazy days and lakes. Um so a, a couple of weeks ago yeah it was what, uh, October 10th or yeah um, yeah, um I, I don't know. I, we, we talk about Crazy Days and Nights a lot on this podcast. but um, the, It's a blind item website. It's a blind item website. It's super chanky. Uh, we two, two maybe out of three of us love it. Um, I don't know. I feel like it's just been like a, a staple of mine for a long time. Well, a bunch
8: of things from it came true. Yeah. It turned out to be true. It
7: became freshly relevant within the last couple of years, um, particularly around... Um, some stories about Harvey Weinstein, and now some Epstein stories. Um, so, you know, it's, uh, yeah, it's a resource, <laughs> I'll say that. But, it's um, an unverifiable resource. Ugh, I hate it so
9: much. <laughs> I want to bite my tongue and uh. just let you guys have fun, but it has, it, the tone of this website is very difficult for me. It's run by a man, name. well, formerly we thought it was run by a man, and we took him at his word that his name was Enti, an entertainment lawyer how many divorces? Four or something. I don't know. He
7: has like his very kind of cheeky sort of mythology, where it's like I weigh three hundred pounds and I've had four wives and I eat bacon all day and I live in a basement. Yeah, yeah. I live in my parents' basement. I thought that
8: was like mocking what people must think of him. Yeah, mm, but then there know. there have
7: been profiles of him
9: that are like, and he is.
7: Yeah, like I mean, I I feel like it's not even verified though that he lives in Los Angeles. Right. Yes, none like, of
8: that's okay. So that is yeah. What this so root okay. Of the scandal is yeah. Is so 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 of-
7: we have to go. We have to go back first to, the, have to the, hymn, the hymn mythology. So, and he has a source um, or like a group of sources called, known as him with four Ms. And they are a group supposedly of four men, um, three of whom are like celebrities whose names you would recognize apparently, who are friends. And they started off as commenters on the website and a lot of people thought when it, they thought it was one person, they thought it was Robert Downey Jr. And, this was like a kind of and this is kind of keeps being a thing like people like when when he, i think there was one him blind item about like an avengers star dropping out and he's like oh good for you rdj like i mean there's just there's that continues to be it's like because, a bit. um
8: this person presents himself as somebody who's like a hollywood insider who like is raised in los angeles has uh, been around for a has while been for a long time knows everybody from like not only the current generation but like knows old hollywood mm-hmm. gossip as mm-hmm. well Passed on through
7: the ages. And I guess, like, it does sort of... I mean, if you could think of a a star of that age range and profile, I guess, like, Robert Downey Jr. is easier to imagine than most people, like, indulging. (laughs) Well, it, like, indulges people's fantasy
8: that uh, he would be very smart. Right. So... Yeah. I don't, I think he said. I don't know if anyone asked him directly if No, it they wasn't have. Him. And he
7: like kind of was coy about it, but right. I think I don't think He also him. seems
8: like somebody who would be coy about it. Yeah, mm-hmm. he was enjoying um,
7: the fact that people thought it was him. Yeah. Um uh, that, anyway, so that started like in 2012. Um him him came onto the 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 sea dance scene. Um and then this this past month, uh NT announced that one of the hymns had committed suicide and apparently it was the one who was like not famous but the one who wrote most of the blinds like the one who was kind of the direct contact and so people were you know uh, pouring one out for him number four and uh etc and then this guy who goes by John Doe um, not John Doe from X no no. (laughs) um just a John Doe with a series of numbers who I guess is just like an NT fanboy, started to like do some digging and uh, had a theory that the hymns were all made up and that they were not ever vetted by NT or... NT willingly and knowingly just like let them tell these bullshit stories online um, and and pretend and like basically that it was a group fan fiction effort Mm -hmm. or no, that it wasn't even a group fan fiction effort. It was one guy the whole time. Who was just like making like playing the role of this Hollywood insider right, who knew and all this dirt. Somewhere else. Like yeah, in a flyover stage. Like uh oh wait, I have to find this guy. By the site.
9: way, it bears mentioning, even though it probably is obvious, that there have been a number of things that uh Crazy Days and Nights has predicted correctly. I would argue there have been more that have been not proven. Well, some
8: people say it is a mixture of the true and the untrue, uh, in order to like not get sued?
9: Sure, that yeah. makes lots of sense. I don't think so at all. I mean, this is, it's clearly, I read blind item sites a lot, and uh, it's the same with all of them. They will predict things that don't happen, and um, it's actually, well, it's, if we ran a blind item site, I guarantee that we could accurately predict several scandalous things. Well, it's right. like astrology. It's a mixture of
8: astrology. Yes, and, and a broken and also, clock.
7: Yeah. yeah, But
9: also,
8: there. I mean, to me, the purpose of blind item sites and things like that is to, like, air out gossip mm-hmm. that would not be able to be vetted into right. a real magazine. Right. And if you're like, if you saying, like, oh, but, like, the real news would report on it anyway, like, look at how the Harvey Weinstein story did play out because he just paid off every newspaper and magazine and crushed right. every story about it mm-hmm. and, like, made it so that if it doesn't happen in print, it didn't happen which is how a lot of abusive things work. There yeah. are also
9: ones that haven't come to light. For instance, um, a Nickelodeon personality right. with, who, yeah, who's yeah, who been talked about for years in blind that's items. Just and that's just like still, an open secret. It is an open point. I mean, that's, like, that's I think, the best service the like blind Nic- yeah. sites Even Nickelodeon,
8: do. when they fired him, they said it was for something else. Right, exactly. Right. 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 They said it was like, oh, we're just having a new creative regime. So, you know, until somebody accuses this person by name, which I think some people have... Mm-hmm. Uh, that's the thing so it's like what What if they sue you for falsely accused, you know claiming something you can't prove
9: and if you're curious what we're talking about you can go ahead and search Nickelodeon feet and yes. then you can immediately yes. know exactly what we um, are talking about
8: so some people think that this means that NT themselves are a
7: scam and not yeah. actually
8: uh, knowledgeable maybe not even in LA right uh,
7: well this guy John Doe who like kind of went on this Twitter tear and like started to like line up the evidence for why him was a lie uh, then deleted all of his posts and is, like, now having a meltdown on Twitter. And he's like, I'm not being threatened by by crazy days and nights. and well, uh,
8: there's another thing, too, which is, like, I don't know how far this person specifically went into QAnon, but they were kind of, like... Oh, uh, Facing yeah. the limit. Like, they you know the the pedophile ring stuff and the like sexual abuse stuff ring that is true but then there's like also things that aren't true like people wear red shoes to show that they're a pedophile mm-hmm. and so all these people felt like Chrissy Teigen was a pedophile because she wore red shoes on a show and that like gets circulated it's just like
7: well I don't know how much the him stuff was getting into like the QAnon like I feel like that was kind of
8: the John Doe guy was definitely, like, on that edge, yeah, I think. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, And a lot of his followers were sort of more of, like, the on yeah. variety, I would say. Um, and
7: I think that, I think the reason he started to get a lot of backlash and, like, deleted everything was just, like, when you are looking into somebody, like, I mean, I think this guy actually did commit Suicide, whoever this was. I think, I mean, um, I think
8: people, like, figured out who it was. And yeah, it was sort I mean, of, I, like,
7: I you can find his, I can send you the link yeah. to his obituary, and he lived in Virginia, and he appeared to just, he had, like, one IMDB credit, so yeah. he worked in hollywood for some short amount of time in like the 90s and uh apparently didn't have any involvement in show business anymore um and i'm not sure if it's like a kind of thing where he le- like kind of always had this itch and still wanted to like play the role of an insider for well, I mean, or like but
8: it's it goes back to an old thing which is like don't take people on the internet at face value no. yeah or like you know Assume that because somebody has an avatar that it's like a picture of that person.
7: Right. And there are lots of like smart, talented people who are good at writing and telling stories who are unemployed in that realm and who can pretend to be whoever they want on the internet pretty well.
9: My question is this, as someone who doesn't know that, I I know the basics, mm -hmm. I know the foundational information. But so basically, do you guys think that Enti is a singular person with inside knowledge? Do you think that Enti was uh, him Also, do you think that him,
7: that all of the hymns were one guy? I think. Uh, My current theory, and I have nothing to back, this is just the sense that I get, is that Enti is not actually an entertainment lawyer, but he probably has some connections to the industry and is like an aggregator of gossip. Um, That's what I think, too. I think that people
8: send blind items and tips to Enti because they've established themselves as like the place where you can get those kinds of blind items and tips run. So I think people do say like, hey, this person did this, and then he like frames it as a blind item. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of them are true. A lot of the old Hollywood ones are if they were fan fiction, it would be sort of like tediously written and overly specific. Right. Like,
9: Guys, like, one of those that you're referring to is that James Dean is hey, we al- don't know. was alive until <laughs> last
7: year. Well, one of the him- I think it was a him one that was uh the Natalie Wood one. Did you That was like a couple years ago. I don't remember what one. was that one. Um that was that uh that she fell off the boat and like there was a chance to rescue her and nobody did like it, like this whole like altercation that broke out and mm-hmm. everything. It was just like a a, a narrative of what happened. Well, to that's the,
8: we'll never know that one. I know. Yeah,
7: yeah. And mm-hmm. it's one of these. Yeah, it's also one of these things where it's like, well, there's no way to prove that now. Probably mm-hmm. like. Well, that uh, no, I mean
8: Christopher Walken's still alive. No, yeah,
7: that's that's. But he the, was asleep, according to him. Well, he said th- that that's the story. that you mean like, according to him, he started talking. He started talking. Apparently, that's that. That's part of the blind item.
8: Yeah, I mean, anyway. I read uh, him. Also, wrote in sort of a different style from Enti. They write in this really. Yeah, flowery, oh, I hate the hymn style. Everybody hates I that. I almost don't ever need the hymn. I just ran. That. They ran a really good like extended one uh, after uh, Peter Fonda died, that claimed that. Um, that Peter Fonda had told him this story, and I do think that there are like stories that guys like that have told everybody that like now that they're dead, you can publish them. Um, this story was that they like arranged for all the bikes to be stolen during Easy Rider so that they could get the insurance money to finish making Easy Rider. Smart move. Which <laughs> good job. The bikes were stolen from Easy Rider, <laughs> mm-hmm. so I do believe that that's what happened. It makes um, sense. And then the, there was like a second part of that story that involved Michelle Phillips going to Howard Hughes and asking for a loan. <laughs> to help her friends finish their movie and uh-huh. then he said yes oh. I also believe Michelle Phillips could get anything out of anyone oh, totally. yeah, yeah, so, yeah. Um, yeah I mean Interesting. that and, and again you're just like it feels it could be all made up who knows
7: yeah But it does feel Um, specific, and uh, it just feels like a turducken of like people (laughs) faking like it is like insider knowledge. It's just because it's like a commenter on a blog that might not even be real. Like (laughs) it's just it's very it's a it's a real rabbit hole. Yeah. First, let's take a break, and then
9: when we come back,
10: let's take an eye call. Sounds good. We started talking about this incident, drugs, and uh, officials. (laughs) a story of California corruption on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts.
5: Hey guys, I'm home. Everyone knows that it's Dad's job to be a bit of a joker. Sorry I'm late, everyone. There was an accident at the factory. Monty fell into the upholstery machine. Don't worry though, he's fully recovered.
2: <sighs> Good one, Dad. <sighs>
5: We've delivered over 15,000 jokes to over 3 million listeners, and man, the postage fees are killing us. Listen to the Daily Dad Jokes podcast every day on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
6: The Therapy for Black Girls podcast is an NAACP and Webby Award-winning podcast dedicated to all things mental health, personal development, and all of the small decisions we can make to become the best possible versions of ourselves. Here... and I can't wait for you to join the conversation every Wednesday. Listen to the Therapy for Black Girls podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Take good
0: care, and we'll see you there. Hey, my name is Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of On Purpose. I just had a great conversation with Michael B. Jordan, and you can listen to it right now.
7: About horror movies, because it's still a spooky season. Spooky season has just
11: started. Mm-hmm. It's
9: always spooky season now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she we, said disdainfully. We have always been here.
11: Hi, I am a fan of the show, and I posted a question in the Nightcallers group that I wanted to ask you folks um, Do you have any recommendations for easing into horror movies? My background is I was raised in kind of a pretty restrictive religious environment where uh, we were told that if we watched movies with any kind of demonic or spiritistic element in them, then we had a good chance of getting attacked by demons. And so in that environment, I really didn't get any exposure to horror movies beyond, like, the birds. Um, Later on, I started watching some zombie movies when I uh, kind of got out of that religious environment. But um, I'm still really scared of horror, and I still kind of have this visceral, like, fear reaction where I I can't bring myself to even look at the screen. So um, I got some really good recommendations, but um, it was suggested to call in to the show to also get everybody's take on um, maybe what movies I could start with, to. Start to get more comfortable with seeing horror on screen. So I would love to hear anything you might recommend, and I will add it to my homework. Thank you. Thank you
7: so much for the call. Um, do you guys? I mean, I, I, I'm, I'm a bad, I'm a bad person. I have one idea, but I want to hear yours because I'm such the wrong person to answer this wow. question. <laughs> I like, I like gentle horror. The yeah. gentle horror. The gentle
8: horror. I've been watching a lot of like 30s and 40s horror, yeah. which I think is a good place to start. It's totally. oh, a squeamish. Yeah, like Universal Monster movies. Yeah, Universal and stuff Monster like that. movies are all really good, like yeah. the Dracula, uh just going to name a bunch of monsters. <laughs> well,
7: I was going to suggest the Francis Ford Coppola Dracula because Ooh. it's just more of like a gothic spook fest, but it's just like yeah, it's it's super goth. It's like it's scary, but it's more just like Gushing rivers of blood, type scary. Like it's not like yeah, but if rivers of blood are not your thing, are they not? Who's who's whose thing isn't rivers of blood? Love well, rivers if of blood. New to horror. Well, but, but I just don't think that that's scary in the same way that like The Exorcist is scary or something.
9: You know? <laughs> so in the Facebook group, she don't asked for the exposure ex- therapy, and I actually was like, "Me, you could just jump in with The Exorcist, and then you'd right. know everything else would be easy." But I said Poltergeist and Rosemary's Baby because they both have so much ex- so much plot like Poltergeist for instance is great because it's just funny at yeah. parts and like and it's it's making fun of yuppies the yuppies are, like, the real bad people when you kind of think about mm-hmm. it. So then it's, like, if you're scared of yuppies... Yeah. You get to think yeah. about that. <laughs> um, but I thought Poltergeist was, like, a good entree. Yeah,
7: Poltergeist is a good pick.
9: And Rosemary's Baby I just love because it's funny, but I also, obviously, it's a tricky one to recommend Well, that, now. yeah,
7: the demonic thing. It's, like, Rosemary's Baby and Exorcist are two, like, first just perfect movies outside yeah. of genre. And then... But they also are very much, like... Like, if you have grown up, like actually believing in demons yeah, and Satan I'm and saying. stuff yeah. like that, then, like, that might not be the best yeah. thing to But in to, a to way, <laughs> in a
8: way... If you want to jump into the deep
7: end... I also said It
9: Follows because It Follows has such great texture and I think, like, Something about It Follows is very seductive. Mm-hmm. You're picking as opposed all the to scariest repellent.
8: movies. Yeah, I, It Follows is pretty I'm uh, trying to think of movies that like wouldn't give you nightmares.
7: But then but you're watching horror. She's trying to get over the fear. I think that the monster stuff is good. I think vampire movies, vampires are like the least scary monster. Yeah. They're what? like hot. Um because it's a sexy, sexy monster. That's what yeah. makes yeah, yeah. them
9: so scary. I thought the scariest movie to recommend would be Pet Cemetery for some reason. Wait, why are we just picking the scariest thing? <laughs>
3: Guys. No, I'm saying I didn't
7: recommend pet cemetery because like, in my mind I was like not pet cemetery. Yeah,
9: not
8: all of head. all yeah. of
7: Tess's recommendations it should be it should be stated are like the baptism by fire, right? If yes. yes. you yeah, want to yeah. go that That's route That's my style. Yes. <laughs> Um yeah, I mean, I think like a good old like good cool old fashioned ghost story, even something like I don't know, like like even Rebecca or something like Rebecca. that. Rebecca, like a spooky tale about a spooky house. Like you know, like it's very gentle. What kind
8: of horror do you want? I guess is the question. Yeah. Well, she feature. liked zombies. Oh, okay. She did there like you go. zombies,
9: but she's you know it was well, like hard. But she then did. Then she
8: should watch Night of the Living Dead if she hasn't yet. Yeah.
9: Well, I think she's wanting to expand to broaden her horizons after the zombies.
7: Zombies do feel a little bit of like a zombies don't really get me going in the way a lot of things it feels like a little bit well, of Well there a dead was a end. big
8: zombie boom. Yeah. But whoa, what about
9: like an anthology?
7: Like what? Like you mean like Tales American from the dark side. Tales
0: from
9: the crypt. Tales oh, from yeah. the dark side. Something like that. I mean, you could also do something where you, if you haven't, I don't know if Twilight Zone oh, would have yeah. been considered demonic, no. but like something I like think Twilight
7: you, Zone is a great suggestion. That's a yeah, oh yeah, well, the thank TV you. Show. Yeah, the TV show. The TV show. Yeah, The, the, yeah. yeah, the, the movie is
9: genuinely terrifying. Well, the movie for many curse, reasons. It's yeah. cursed and it's scary and yeah. yeah, and I still watch it sometimes.
8: Though. Really? Yeah, I it do. So off brand, and that's part of what makes it so creepy. That's kind of why I do it, and they kill people. I know.
7: Um. I think it's interesting that none of us have suggested, like, slasher movies. Well, I was about
8: to say, like, actually, what I would do, and I was always really afraid of uh, especially effects-heavy horror movies, Mm -hmm. if that's your particular poison, Mm -hmm. super afraid of Freddy, way too afraid to ever see any of those movies, so then, like, a few years ago, I did them all, Mm -hmm. and I totally recommend that, because it's also just, like, a fun run. The
7: Freddy movies are fun just because they're, like, goofy.
8: Well, the first one, the first one is genuinely scary. Yeah. The second one is really homoerotic. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The third, fourth, like, then they get weird and star uh, Patricia Arquette as, like, mm-hmm. a haunted child.
9: Mm-hmm.
8: Um, And then they get self-aware, and then they turn into New Nightmare, which is, like, an amazing meta horror movie about the L.A. earthquake and... <sighs> The effect being in the Freddy series has had on all the actors who play the characters. Wow.
7: Uh it's like a dry run for Scream. It's great. Yeah.
8: Um and we'll I, also recommend Scream. Oh Scream is great. Yeah.
7: Well there's something supernatural about the Nightmares movies, which is like I think puts it in more of a fun realm than just like a like just Halloween or just like any kind of normal oh, I like also terrestrial. Just Halloween. I, wouldn't, I would not I actually would like not i get more bad vibes and i also like grew up religiously as well like and i get more bad vibes from like teenage girls getting slashed, than anything having to do with Satan or demons or anything like that. Like mm-hmm. that stuff feels but actually kind of. She kinda... doesn't
8: get slashed. She saves everyone else. Yeah, from but a lot either. of other
7: people do. Yeah,
9: <laughs> I love
8: Halloween because they're like cool girls who like smoke pot in their car, and then they also have to deal with this guy who's stalking them. And that, what that about the relatable. craft?
9: The craft may be good if you haven't seen the craft yeah, because yeah. it it deals kind of head on with like you know adolescent girls true, who are true. harnessing their powers yeah. and rebelling
8: the craft is a good yeah what are if you have any starter horror recommendations yeah, um, yeah. horror
7: movie starter pack
9: please call in and
8: let us know at 24046 night give us a night call with your favorite night watches
7: you can also give us an email at nightcallpodcast at com. so when we come back we are going to welcome our guest this week onto the show
10: Started talking about this incident. Drugs and uh, officials cover up. (laughs) You couldn't believe it. From iHeart Podcasts. It's like the police
5: knew who he was before they got here.
10: A story about money, power, and corruption. The medical school dean at USC was leading a secret double life. He's breathing right now. Yes, yeah, he's absolutely breathing. I'm a doctor, actually.
5: There's no way that that guy is a doctor.
10: I'm Paul Pringle, and I'm an investigative reporter for the LA Times. This is the story of an investigation that starts in a hotel room in Pasadena, California, and reaches all the way to the top of two of the most powerful institutions in the city of Los Angeles.
5: When people fall in line, they fall in
3: line. Looking back, I realized, oh, everyone knew.
10: This is Fallen Angels, a story of California corruption.
7: We're always going to have predators. It's the good people who stand by and do nothing that allow them to flourish.
10: Listen to Fallen Angels, a story of California corruption, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, guys.
0: it's always the feeling when you're getting ready to, you know, people give up right before they get what they've always wanted to get. People quit. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
7: Welcome back to Night Call. We are now joined by our guest and friend of the show, Elena Smith. She is the creator of Dickinson, which is now available to watch on Apple TV Plus. Um, hey, hey, Elena. Hey, Alayna. What's up? How She's fun. coming in from New York, so this is like we're back to night call, like OG night call, where we're
1: uh, talking to the other coast. Yeah, Alayna, yeah, and this is this is really special for me because I, I've been doing a lot of press and interviews for Dickinson, but this is the only press where the people that I'm talking to have known me since before I started working <laughs> on Dickinson and well, have been I been there the whole time. <laughs> I wanted
7: to look up, just for reference, because you were one of our uh, first guests on Girls in Hoodies back in the day. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. You came on around the tween hobo days, and I had to yeah. look up, I looked it up, I googled it. And the way I can tell this was a long ass time ago is there's a picture of Justin Bieber and he's just got like the very beginning of the wispy mustache, which would become the nightmare that we know today. So it re- it really was 2014 uh, back I then. I know. And Tween Hobo
1: was defined. <laughs> hobo was defined by her love of Bieber. Yeah. And nothing could be more outdated now. Sadly. Yeah. So life life on the rails moves fast. You got to keep up. You got to keep up with the times. I
8: thought you were going to say that we're the only uh, press you've done that's going to ask you for your Epstein theories.
1: I mean, that means we're achieving an even greater dream of mine than having a TV show, which is talking about Epstein on a podcast. So,
7: So, uh, well, we want to talk a little bit about Dickinson. And yes, like we've all known you since before you started working on the show proper. But like, I feel like you've been working on this in some fashion or another for as long as I've known you. So it's like I always yeah. tell people, I'm like, it's so cool to actually see my friend's show she's been talking about forever, like realized and like seeing billboards for it on Sunset and stuff. It's wild. Um, yeah. But yeah, you're uh, but you're obsessed with
1: Emily Dickinson, you know, and I really haven't stopped being obsessed with her. It's oh, really it's it's actually crazy that that the interest continues. <laughs> but you haven't um, like gotten burned out from just being no, immersed in I, it? I can't believe that I haven't, but I think it's sort of like it started with Emily Dickinson and her poems, and then uh, as well I became fascinated with her biography. And, you know, her life story. Mm-hmm. And then I have spent so long working on it that the interest has kind of bled out from there into just the 1850s and 60s in general. And, um, and you know, the literary culture and context that surrounded her. Uh, and there's just so much meat there. There's so much to chew on and so many ways to kind of use that, time in american history as a filter for looking at where we are today and and that's what's like really kept me going and even to the point where i mean this is so crazy because as you guys know i I also have 18 month old twins yes and um between my babies and this show i have no free time, and yet somehow I just signed up for a four-week long course on the Civil War that I'm going to be taking (laughs) at a a bar in Brooklyn, uh, and I forced one of my other writers to take it with me, and, like, I mean, I'm just like I can't stop with, with the civil war. It's, it's really all engaging. So
8: um, I love that you have made like the ultimate Lisa Simpson dream show.
7: Yes.
1: Yes. <laughs> for anyone who did. Cause only Lisa would sign up for a civil war course. No, I mean <laughs> also just things
8: like, you know, being like my audience is people who will be excited about casting John Mullaney as Henry David Thoreau. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: I mean, I feel like it, it like, you know, the we're, we're canceling Thoreau, but that feel like literally that that was trending on Twitter a month ago. That it's a- somebody's tweet about how Thoreau's mom did his laundry went viral, and I'm just like, come I on, feel like, yeah. Like, I, feel like, that I thought that it was comes <laughs> up every
7: every like several years that becomes like a new fun fact. It's like we've well, you known right. about
1: this. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I, yeah. Well, well, we've dramatized it, featuring the comic gifts of John Mulaney, so. <laughs> Yeah, so I mean, great. I I was
8: always a huge fan of the transcendentalists uh, in general. All that spiritualism stuff. Were you guys transcendental heads? <laughs>
7: no. T- Tess just gave a look that was like, <laughs> I, <laughs> yeah. I was so into like Emerson. I wasn't. I wasn't ever into and those guys and too all much. Those guys. No. Um, And I also love the like, Romantics.
1: <laughs> There's some really I good. I read Moby Dick. Moby Dick rules. I, I, Molly's been I standing read Moby for Moby Dick, Dick forever. No, I mean, I mean, it's the thing is that it is it is really good. Yeah, it's so good. I'm I'm just I look back at I I read Moby Dick when I was like in my 20s living in Brooklyn. And I just remember reading it on the subway a lot. And it really was an absolutely, you know, existentially transcendent experience. But I just feel like I am. I feel like I don't read anymore. Yeah. And I am i don't know. Although now I'm actually going on a trip to Russia, which is a what? St- topic for another podcast. But I'm going to Russia and I'm thinking uh, maybe I have to read War and Peace. Are you going to promote the show or just for fun? Are you going to no. investigate? <laughs> Are you going to investigate? Yes. Yes. <laughs>
8: Be careful! Yes,
1: yeah. <laughs> I gotta see what's. I gotta just ask a few questions, poke around. See what I'm <laughs> oh
8: man, watch out! You should definitely read War and Peace. All the Russian novels also rule. Have yeah. you read Anna
7: Karenina? Yeah. I have not read oh, that. You, that oh, my that's man. my monster book. So, like yeah. Transcendental, well, took a year to read. Like like completely like I, I like ab- absorbed myself into it. That book is amazing. I keep
1: asking people. Which one I should read, Anna Karenina or War and Peace? And like, do Anna Karenina have adamant opinions about it?
8: We night call says do Anna Karenina because totally. it's like the horniest okay. book. Yeah, it is. It's, it's pretty so, great.
7: it's so horny. You'll love it. It's very tortured. I, I haven't read War and Peace though, so I can't really honestly say one is better than the other. But that's that is on my mm. like short list of things to get to. War and I'm, Peace
8: also slaps, as they say.
7: Yeah, <laughs> um,
1: also slaps. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> so I far as War I can tell. <laughs> As far as I can tell from the, like, you know, um, spark notes that I've been Googling about War and Peace, it illuminates the way in which we're all just specks of dust on the grand canvas of history. Oh, yeah. 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 I kind of feel like I could get into that. Anna yeah.
8: Karenina's got some real uh, class politicking in it, too, which you will also dig. Mm. Um,
1: it's... I can only picture Kira Knightley now when I think about Anna uh, Karenina. Yeah. Did you see the movie? <laughs> No, movies <laughs> have you pretty, I, saw, I must have seen the poster. The movie's a lot.
7: pretty good, guys. It's, it's not bad, isn't really? it? like yeah. who did um uh atonement. If you
8: like that sort of thing, and sometimes I do, I like to fantasize about places where it's very cold because everything. Oh yeah. On well, obviously,
1: here. obviously, I wouldn't have made Dickinson if I didn't want to get into that period game, right? As I like to call it. Have so you seen Doctor? I, I, G- I definitely
8: have you fucked with Doctor Zhivago? No. You should watch that. That oh, movie. Oh, it's rolls. so good. And also, yeah, I have definitely, I feel like that's very much kind of the visual tone of Dickinson, which has mm. the pilot is directed by David Gordon Green,
7: mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm.
8: who does an amazing job. Um, but yeah, make it's like so romantic yeah. and sweeping mm. and beautiful and visually beautiful. Your
7: costumes mm. have gotten like some good pre press, like pre airing buzz. Yeah, the costumes um, rule. I mean, I, all I can think of is like that beautiful red dress that Haley Steinfeld's wearing and the, the trailer. I'm like, damn. Do like, you think Dickinson, Core,
8: Dickinson Core is going to catch on?
1: I absolutely do. In fact, I think it's already started. <laughs> I don't know if you guys have noticed the amount of puffed sleeves. Oh, that's I have. The yeah. I and I, it's really lucky for me, not only because it is so on brand for Dickinson, but also that is a silhouette that I look good in. And... <laughs> You know, as an older woman, I just want to commit to a silhouette that works for me.
9: <laughs> as an older woman? Uh, what?
1: No. <laughs> no.
7: The prairie look, I did some, like, deep, I can't do it. deep excavation of, like, why this is a thing right now. And I think it's, like, actually why? quite subversive. Like, the whole batshiva dress I, I reject that. Oh, I can't. I can't. Wait, oh, really? Why is it subversive? Oh, I mean, I feel like it's, it's like, uh, it's, like kind of uh adjacent to the handmaid's tale type thing yes, like but where it's like i'm going mm-hmm. to cover my body in sackcloth no, but I also it. like look like a christmas present at the same time <laughs> the idea i i will never accept
8: that like an entirely cover your body like binding and difficult to wear garment is transgressive but that's what that, that's these the thing about these just, they're not binding they're
9: extremely fly I, they're
8: very no, comfortable to me, it's like if a if something covers your whole body, you want to
7: like tear a hole in it. And well, only, climb if, out. only if there's a fire going on and you live in <laughs> Southern California. Yeah, then they're <laughs> no. very unappealing. I just so get they're dangerous. Dresses. I just get itchy. If you
8: put me in like a prairie dress,
7: I would get so I itchy. I have a prairie dress. It's made of rayon, it's like very soft and nice. The Batsheba
9: dresses seem like they collect dust. I hate them. There's like <laughs> lots of nooks and crannies. I just
8: hate the look. Yeah, I, think I don't like the look. It only looks good on really tall, really skinny people. That
9: specific
1: style of Even then, bit.
9: they could do better. I
1: think I, <laughs> I think it's just not my. Well, s- I'll tell you guys also another um, style style tip from the world of Dickinson. So, so you know, it was very important to us that we got all the details right about the period. At least, at least that we knew what the truth was before we decided if we had to 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 alter it. But most of the time, we really did stick to the truth. But one of the places where it was really difficult was with um, women's hair, because mm-hmm. women's hair in the eighteen 18- 50s was just so hideous and the men's hair is fabulous like if you look at these photographs of austin dickinson and his amherst college classmates from the 1840s and 50s they all have the most luscious like hipster hair that just looks perfect you know so so every guy we cast we had to tell them as soon as we cast them not to cut their hair because everyone has like this long cool it's so floppy like Mm -hmm. shock of hair Yeah. yeah and um but but the men's looks in general i think were like just really attractive and, and almost every man that got in the costume and was on set at one point would be like, why don't I dress like this? You know, like <laughs> a top hat a top hat makes you a foot taller <laughs> and it makes you look so elegant. And now, okay but as I'm saying this, I want to underline something, which is that it's very important to me that this never go anywhere near steampunk
8: which, right, I, this is so light.
1: Like. This is strictly like dandy dandy transcendentalist this is Yankee yeah this is Yankee doodle dandy like Mm -hmm. a a chic wait I just learned
8: can we talk about Yankee doodle dandy because I just learned about that that macaroni was like a Do you know about this? Is this why you said that? I think I've heard this because of my
1: extensive research. What is it?
9: That
8: (laughs) macaroni was like a a slang term for men who were like foppish and wore a lot of like fine silks. A macaroni? They called them macaroni. So call you macaroni. Because the idea was that they like bought fancy Italian clothes. It was was like an Italian
1: thing. But it was like a Yankee, like a term Yankees used derisively Hmm. for Yankees. Okay, well, every guy guy on Dickinson... Every guy on Dickinson is a macaroni. Yes, yeah, sure. in Yankee Doodle,
8: when they say put a feather in his hat and called it macaroni.
10: Oh yeah. man!
8: Yeah.
7: Can we can we bring back macaroni? Is it is it kind of racist? It seems or is racist. racist? No, 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 you guys, you can't. It's be racist raci- against no. Italians. You can't be racist
8: against Italians. What
9: are you talking about? That
8: is the rule. You can do an Italian voice or a French voice. I
9: disagree with this. My husband is Italian. Yeah, but the Italians are fine. They. But would he object to a nice piece of pie? It. <laughs> yeah right. Oh guys, I'm scandalized. His father's name was Dondo. His brother's name's Lorenzo.
1: No, it's oh, fine.
8: Guys. We're, ta- we're just saying you can make fun of the Italians and the Irish and the French. The European uh, groups are fine. To all
7: the New York yeah. Europeans. Yeah.
8: yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. I think it's okay to Definitely. just make fun of New
7: Yorkers. Sure. Yes. It
1: just—that's all it you becomes. Can, okay. Yeah. So, so you can do any kind of gangs of New York style. Are there any <laughs> other historical
8: figures that you are thinking about bringing in? I know maybe you don't want to spoil, but.
1: Ex- well, almost everybody, almost everybody in the show is based on an actual historical figure, right. or, meaning like a real person who was in around in and around the town of Amherst or friends with the Dickinsons or cross paths with them in some way. But then we have in a sort of slightly different category, we have like what I call like our celebrity cameos, yeah. Uh, which in season one is Thoreau and then Louisa May Alcott, who's played by Zasha Mamet. And... Um, It's very fun picking, like, which 19th century people you most want to meet and and them being maybe slightly random. Right. Um, But I think, I mean, obviously for me, Louisa May Alcott is, I mean, we obviously are in a Little Women moment. And, Mm -hmm. um, you know, Little Women, I feel like the creation of Dickinson for this show owes as much to you know Louisa May Alcott and Joe March as it does to Emily Dickinson because that's what I read and that's what like taught me how to tell a story in chapters about a irrepressible young girl who gets into scrapes yeah and you know it's always scrapes um (laughs) I heard that I I was talking to someone about this and and they were saying that girls today aren't reading Little Women anymore or they aren't reading Anne of Green Gables. And like, is that true?
7: I mean, it's weird because I at the same time, I feel like. Like, they did that new Anne of Green Gables show a couple years ago. Yeah, I think that new Little
8: Women will get a Little Women bump.
7: Yeah, and the new Little Women. Mm. And, and like, it feels like people are like, yes, Jo! Like, you know, like, she's, like, this stock character that everybody knows and loves. But I can't tell if that's just people that are kind of of our generation or if that's actually people who are younger. Um, Well,
8: I'd like to request um, Edgar
1: Allan Poe.
8: Ooh, yeah. Oh, yeah. He wrote. Well,
1: Molly, I'm, I'm not allowed to speak to anything, but <laughs> a- you may get your wish. All okay. right. I'll, tell, I'll tell Molly he off wrote, air. He wrote my favorite okay. takedowns
8: of The Transcendentalist. He wrote the bitchiest things about The Transcendentalist
1: Well, who he was sort of. I know, I know a lot of Poe facts. Um, he had an affair with his cousin who was yeah. 14, uh, he drank himself to death. Wait, did and, he actually? Um,
7: wasn't the cousin thing kind of uh, exaggerated or something? Or I feel like I, I heard think this so. recently. I was listening to some we'll kind do of history some poe podcast.
8: Fa- fact checks. Yeah, um, I definitely felt like David Gordon Green had like high gothic in him, and, and this showed up. Oh yeah, yeah. But
1: Southern Gothic, Southern Gothic is different from New England. Like gothic. New England mm-hmm. Gothic. Sure. Yeah. Right. Yeah. We're strict about our um, gothics here. Come um, <laughs> on. Well, that's actually it's really interesting in the in the process of making this show. What one, one thing that I've learned is that everybody's kind of archetypal um, past—like, if you think about American history, right, the place that you go in your mind is so determined by where you grew up. So people who grew up in California— think about you know the gold rush and the old west and you know mm-hmm. like maybe like the war with mexico although no that that might be texas but um but you know we and then war like, with mexico too. No, no yeah, yeah. zorro <laughs> <Okay>. shit <laughs> we are
8: we are t- we are mexico
1: <laughs> yeah right and then and then one of my uh writers and who was an ep on season one darlene hunt who grew up in kentucky like when i tell her you know okay thinking period she's only thinking in the old south you yeah, know mm-hmm. and me i'm from the hudson valley new york and so i'm thinking about like sleepy hollow or like i guess you know certain yeah. native american tribes that were around where i was and um yeah i don't know it's just it's just so funny because the only time you learn about history is in elementary school anyway right i was so just that's reading
8: what, a, i read about sleepy hollow last night too because uh, mm. I watched the movie Pumpkinhead which is, has a really misleading <laughs> nice. title um, he does not have a pumpkin head but um, there was a whole thing about the Headless Horseman I just w- was reading about where the Headless Horseman came from and that it was the mm. ghost of a Hessian soldier from the Revolutionary War who were the German soldiers who aided the British mm-hmm. it was supposedly wow. a guy, a Hessian soldier who had had his head blown off by a cannonball and haunted huh. Sleepy Hollow oh. Um Speaking yeah. of hauntings
7: Mm hmm
8: <laughs> um, Elena, you've been Speaking ha- of dead people, of dead people
1: <laughs> and pedophiles. Wait wait guys. So wait, down. Molly, as you make this segue, I'm gonna say my one of my favorite Emily Dickinson quotes that I've been asked recently what are what are some of my favorites? So this one's on the tip of my um, of my head. Uh, so she wrote in a letter once to Thomas Higginson. she said, "Nature is a haunted house, and art mm-hmm. a house that tries to be haunted." So, to turn from the world of fiction to the world, the, the haunted, gothic, uh, tr- you know, world of reality. <laughs> a, little, a little
8: news report came out today saying that Jeffrey oh, Epstein's God. brother had an investigation into his brother's death in jail, supposedly by suicide, and his independent uh, investigation determined that it was probably a murder. I am shocked.
1: No way. I know. It's like breaking something really obvious.
7: <laughs> Should we be a little sus about, like, the fact that it's his brother? I mean, what's his brother's, what's his brother's deal? Well, I don't saying know I'm something i so, his brother. He has a
8: mysterious okay, I do. brother, yeah. Um, okay. Okay, <laughs> okay, great. <laughs> They're like the Durst brothers.
1: Uh, Ooh. His brother's name is Mark Epstein. He also is in real estate and okay. is in New York. And um, he is the one who collected Jeffrey's body from... The um, From the medical examiner and and had him, you know, allegedly buried in a in a like along with his parents in Florida, I think.
2: Hmm. And
1: he may be the beneficiary of the incredibly suspicious f- trust that was created two days before Jeffrey Epstein died which is called my favorite fact is called the 1953 trust, because that is the year that Epstein was born. And you cannot think of a more boomer year to be born than 1953. (laughs) So he created like the, the trust for all boomers. Um, But this is my question. So, so the brother and also Epstein's lawyers were the ones who were like, we are going to conduct our own investigation into this whole thing. Um, like, we're not going to accept the facts that have been presented. We're going to dig deeper. And I am I am curious and confused what they hope to find. Right. These aren't necessarily the parties that you would think of to go and, you well, know, what
7: do, do their they, own personal what digging What do on
8: they right. gain from proving that somebody killed him? Right. Um, what do you make of the idea that uh, Epstein and Ghislaine were both um, Mossad agents who were running a blackmail scheme on the rich and powerful um internationally.
1: Well, I mean every time that I've ended up on a website that's saying that, I've kind of thought to myself, "Uh-oh, have I fallen down an incredibly anti-semitic rabbit hole?" No, <laughs> no, 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 it's not anti-semitic to be
8: anti-Zionist. That's true. That's true. Um, that's the um, the difficult distinction that is hard to explain, especially on the internet, a place where distinctions fall
9: away. right. Distinctions but, die in darkness.
8: No, I
1: mean, this, you know, this st- I mean, I think one of the questions I have about Epstein as a sort of blackmail scheme. In and of himself, like whether, you know, for Mossad or for the CIA is that it doesn't really quite make sense that if you were if your job was to like trap other powerful men into having sex with minors that you would do it so much yourself. Well,
8: that's the part that doesn't make sense, but it's also like none of it makes sense, you know? I know. But the idea that he like kept getting in trouble and like getting away with it
7: speaks to me to the idea that he was being protected in some way. I guess I don't find the Mossad theory like very convincing just because it does try to like turn this into a very big like smart evil plot like this masterminded thing when really it feels just like one man's like a sex addict and a pedophile like uh, out of control. I think that's what they'd like us to think. <laughs> but like I don't, I don't I mean you can still <laughs> you harness that the energy. You can still harness that energy All right, here's to the, some to here's become the long something. Theory. Okay. Here's the,
8: the universal theory. Settle in. Is that um, Ghislaine's just <laughs> Ghislaine's <laughs> dad, we're calling her Ghislaine. Um, Isn't it Ghislaine? It's Ghislaine, but we call her Ghislaine because she's a pedophile. No, I like, okay, okay. Awful person. Her dad was in Mossad and uh-huh. like helped found the state of Israel. Yes. So that is like true. Yeah. And then she supposedly was also in it, started dating Jeffrey Epstein and brought him into it. Um, and that's how he got access to the fancy people. Somebody on a totally way too far down the rabbit hole site that I went to found all these scraped stories also from British tabloids that mm. had been scraped recently that were like just about Epstein the society man. Mm-hmm. And it found that like scraped by who? Uh, scraped by the British press because the Royals the Royals made them do it. Um, wow. Uh, so there are things that say, like, they call him a realtor, basically, very early on. He's like a real estate tycoon. So the idea is that he was getting funded by the state of Israel to, like, establish himself as, like, a rich real estate guy in New York. And then obtain blackmail on a number of prominent American politicians. But and how
7: did... So did... Lane start dating him before he got funded to become a real estate tycoon. Yeah, he was a nobody. Yes. he was just so she dated him before he was big.
8: Yeah, and also he got you know he had a series of weird, talented Mr. Ripley things where he got this job at Bear Stearns right. with no mm-hmm. experience. He and was, that was like,
9: after the teaching hired thing.
8: to be a professor for no re- like I think he was a charismatic grifter, and then he met another charismatic grifter, and they formed a super a super grift? a super group of <laughs> grifters. But that is the theory I have heard. Uh, I read a really long part that
1: goes back to Iran Contra. Um, Molly, we've been we've been on the same website. Okay, great. great. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But 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 here's my question. So where is all this blackmail? material then and whose hands is it in and what about the fact that when the FBI raided his uh townhouse which I also took a little visit to the other day oh good just a a regular day what's going on there doesn't it nothing you posted a photo
8: though it has his initials engraved in the door
1: frame oh well yeah I mean that's been that's been
6: yeah. Who doesn't do um, that?
1: When they raided his townhouse, what about all those videotapes and everything that they found? Like right. this is what's driving me crazy about this story is that you never get to ask the next question. It's like right. okay, mm-hmm. so wait, what? Like, okay, so bed That's... sheets? <laughs> he 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 hung himself with bed sheets in the in the shoe that no one has died in ever, or at least for the last 20 years. Like what? Yeah, I you mean, know, like well,
8: where <sighs> I think that also just was like, oh, they think we're stupid. That's what that right. was about mm-hmm. too, and I think well, a lot of this is like it is like reliving the JFK assassination thing because it is like oh, well, it
7: doesn't even feel like they think we're stupid. It's like you can like say whatever you want, but there's nothing you can do about. Yeah, this. it's more just right. that you're powerless. Yeah, you're you're powerless. powerless.
8: They have all the power. They use their power apparently to like enable people to have pedophile rings for the purpose of blackmail. Which just says that, and also just that so many people said yes. Yeah. that's the crazy part to me. That like,
7: I get okay. This is I'll rephrase. I'll rephrase my objection to the to the blackmail scheme thing. At least the Mossad blackmail scheme thing, which is just that like. I like wh- why? <laughs> why does pedophilia have to have a purpose? Like, can't people just yeah. be sickos on their own? I think like, that's-
8: there are people who are sickos on their own, but I think this is a different thing. Yeah. I think this was a guy who was saying, as part of the world of privilege, you get to do things that other people aren't allowed right. to do. Yeah,
7: and that's like how Hollywood mm-hmm. has functioned yeah, for the long time. Yeah, but that's not blackmail. That's just like, hey, like you've you've, you've right. reached the status where you, but where it's we also can saying you like, a, like, yeah.
8: You know, lots of people just do that, and they don't then like record it and mm-hmm. like use right. it to blackmail somebody. But that's what I think this specifically was: was being like, "Hey, like Bill Gates or some other incredibly rich and powerful person, you're here mm-hmm. among friends. We're all rich and powerful here on the Sex Island. We can do whatever we want because we're above the law." Because that's true
7: for really right. rich people. They right. are above the law. But then I just, I guess I don't see why he would participate then instead of just being a pimp. Like he I think just if been he didn't pimp. participate, I think they're all... he's a
9: pedophile. A, I think he's a pedophile. I mean, obviously right. he's a pedophile. Right. But I don't know that anyone would have participated in anything in that kind of scenario unless he... By do it, by participating himself, that's right. the only reason why anyone else did. Yes, right. totally.
8: It's like the cop who has to do drugs exactly. to show that they're not a sure. drug dealer.
7: Um, but I mean, but he wanted to, though. It's not like he's a cop who had to do. I had to do drugs. (laughs) I had to,
1: like, I don't know. Um, (laughs) Well, okay, so his brother hired this private investigator. Elena,
8: we're running out of time. Okay. <laughs> We're running out of time in this, this segment, but this, also but
1: to also solve in this, this to case. solve the case. Yeah. Right. We can't get... That's what I'm saying. There's just more questions. I mean, I have a question about when Alex Acosta said that he was told to lay off Jeffrey Epstein because he, quote unquote, belonged to intelligence. Mm. Like, mm. what does that mean? It means he belongs to the, telling him the
8: CIA or Mossad or both right. working together. Right. Mm. We'll solve it next time when you come back on. (laughs) I mean, I just,
7: I'm grateful to his brother just for um, having this investigation done so that uh, he'd be back in the news because it does seem like the story is like falling more and more out of the news and people, and they're counting on people to
1: forget it. And I think they are. But, well, this is what I, this is, yeah, I, I, I think that there's actually a lot. More stuff that will get it back in the news. Oh I yeah. Think, mm-hmm. Oh, there's, there, there was a crazy days and nights blind the other day about somebody else who's
7: going to get outed in all this. So I don't know. But, but it,
1: but it feels to me like this massive organizational project that has to happen. Like. W- Which I think we have to do. And I've already talked to Molly about it. This is is
8: what Queen Hobo should be for now. Yeah, yeah. You should bring back Queen Hobo. Listen, if
1: not us, who, I mean, we have to stand up. We have to take responsibility. We have to say, we will get to the bottom of this. We will join hands. We will not let this be forgotten. Yeah. I I, agree. Well, not Uh, in our names. Yeah.
7: (laughs) Well, uh, I look forward to your investigation team being formed in between seasons one and two of... <laughs> and your oh, Civil War no course one and so your trip to Oh, I also, if you want to make people talk to you more about
8: this, as I'm sure we all do oh, yeah. want to talk to strangers yeah. about this more, um, <clears throat> Jack AM is now selling some uh, merch that is a sweatshirt that says Epstein Theories which is one of their catchphrases. Oh, so, okay. Ooh. Feel free to <laughs> buy an Epstein theories uh, sweatshirt and support the Epstein Anon.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, I, th- I, 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 th- I think that I think that, you know, much like Emily Dickinson herself, when people get interested in Jeffrey Epstein, you know, they just find themselves sucked into a mystery <laughs> that will last for centuries. Also and, don't um,
8: don't underestimate teenage girls and people who used to be them. Yeah.
1: Yep. Exactly. Amen. Exactly. Uh, amen.
8: Elena, thank you
7: so much.
8: Yeah. Uh, thank so you. Much fun, thank you, Molly. Yeah.
1: Thank
7: you, Emily and Tess.
1: Everybody check it was out so fun to
7: talk to you guys. Yeah. Yes. Everybody ch- check out Dickinson on Apple T V Plus. Out Dickinson, which will You can
1: find it right now on your phone, on your TV, on even on your web browser. It's very easy to find. Just you know, just find it and just watch it. It'll
8: it'll radicalize the next generation into getting into more scrapes and top
7: hats. That's what (laughs) that's what we're hoping.
1: (laughs) Thanks, thanks, Thanks. Elena.
7: Bye. 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 Thank you for listening to Night Call this week, and thank you so much to Elena for coming on and chatting with us. Uh, That does it for us this week. You can follow us on social media on Twitter at NightcallPod Instagram at NightcallPodcast and Facebook at NightcallPodcast You can subscribe to us on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts and you can support us on Patreon We are at Patreon.com slash Nightcall and you can subscribe at a number of different levels for all sorts of extra bonus episodes, newsletters and fun stuff Pins. like that Pins! Pins! Merch! Mixes! yeah, um,
8: Newsletters!
7: So we will be <laughs> So we'll be back next week. Thanks so much for listening. Pins. Pins.
9: Night Call is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app,
3: Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. I'm the
4: We're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
5: The Black Effect presents Family Therapy, and I'm your host, Elia Connie. Jay is the woman in this dynamic who is currently co parenting two young boys with her former partner, David.